What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Nate Holt, Astrology's Music, what's going on tonight? What's good, everyone? And we are joined by Scores, that's CJ, uh, Alex, and Austin. And we are going to listen to their record, Volume 1, uh, tonight. So, uh, what's up, guys? We are back. How Hello. are you? Stoked to be here again. <laughs> we, we, we are back, and we want to acknowledge right off the bat, uh, this is our second time recording the show. Technical yeah. difficulties plagued the, uh, the first attempt. Uh, so we're going to try and recreate the magic of uh, last Tuesday of a night. Killer couple I think hours. Technical That's difficulties cool. or user error, uh, however you want to. <laughs> we'll keep However you want to define that. No, I'll own it. I'll own it. Look, look. Sometimes you, you, you fuck up and you have to own it and, and you have to feel shitty and then you have to get back up and say, All right, Let's we're going to do it again. again. By God, we're yeah. doing it again. You got to up and you got to. You got to email your boys and just say, whoops. Hey, guys, whoops. It was one of the most apologetic, genuinely <laughs> heartbroken emails I've ever read. So you handled it well, and it was genuine and sincere enough that we're like, all right, we'll cut him a break. We'll come back from this one. It was one of the better shows that we've done. Not that not that all the shows we, we've done aren't, haven't been great and fun, but like... No, it was the we, best we show. We were feeling... Done. It was we, it was the best show ever, and we were feeling like this is this is going to take us like straight to the top of the, the podcast. Was, and, and, and then there's there nothing. We have a video. We might throw the video up and just you uh, should and you can guess what we're talking about. Yeah, an inside now, we're, view we're on our end of things. We <laughs> that night we were all texting like, man, that was a blast. That was so much fun. It was like for a while, <laughs> and then and then the next morning I get a text from Austin. It's like, hey. Did, did you check your email? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm glad you because we're going to do it again on Monday. Yeah. The, the biggest thing we got out of it was we, I think, all agreed we forgot how good this record is. Yes. We yeah. hadn't heard it in, in a long time. Again. So, yeah, one week later, yeah. we're doing it again. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's one service we can provide. I mean, that that's a really good one, and we're we're happy to do it. I think um, you know, we'll pro- this will probably come up again, but, like, you guys, you're all established musicians, been in various different bands noise fm cowboy indian bear onzo madrid hembry am i missing big ones i think that's the well band. the lcd sound system cover band did pretty well for a short stay go you know i don't want to i don't want to short give that one short shrift that's true yeah. that, and that kind of led to the creation of this this project kind of they kind of went <laughs> hand in hand I mean, yeah, and that tribute band, I mean, that was probably the best music we've ever played. <laughs> also, I mean, also the most profitable band any of us have ever been <laughs> We were actually getting paid for shows yeah. <laughs> until LCD Sound System decided to come back and reunite. And I was like, well, there goes our lucrative tribute band <laughs> career. And I, I guess so that's maybe where Tom Brady got it. Yeah, exactly. It that guy. Well, maybe, you know, maybe take us all the way back to the beginning. And I think... Uh, the first scores riff, if I remember right, is the Austin bass riff in the basement. Do I have that? That is correct. Yeah. So for the listeners, the we'll get to the track eventually, but uh, the last song on the album was kind of the first demo that we sent to CJ. Me and Alex kind of came up with this demo. The song is called Alligators, by the way. Sorry. And uh, that yeah, that just basically started with a riff that me and Alex had started jamming on one afternoon that we thought maybe would turn into a noise FM song. And then it got to a place where we decided, no, this isn't really a noise FM song. This just, the vibe's different enough that this should be its own thing and not, we, we don't need, we don't need to nudge it into our realm, the noise FM realm. So we had been talking with CJ for oh, years, honestly, about doing some music together and sending ideas back and forth. So we just randomly sent that demo musical demo to CJ who came back a couple of weeks later with a great vocal melody. And then I think immediately all of us were like, well, this is pretty cool. Like we could pursue this further if we wanted to. And then we, five years later, we did. <laughs> did that feel we weird? I mean, cause you, because you've been talking about it for a while, that feel weird to like, or just like a milestone or something to send that first riff. Like, Ooh, this might totally. actually be something. CJ, when did we all first meet? 
What I mean, year? That was, 2007, eight. Yeah, I was just thinking about that because that was something we didn't didn't talk about. Was well, when did we first? When we first met? Yeah, tell them that. <laughs> it was yeah. very. It was a long, long time ago. This is great because yeah, yeah. The listeners, we didn't even tell this story last time on the uh, the long lost episode. We're doing a better. We we, I think we lived together somewhere in that two thousand. I don't know, eight or nine range. Well, not no, because I live yeah. So actually, maybe nine or ten. I'm not sure. Somewhere in that range. In Lawrence, Kansas, for those listening, in Lawrence, Kansas. We we did. This is something I've talked to to the boys about multiple times but my first like local show that i ever drove myself to when i was old enough to uh to to drive was in topeka where i where i grew up to the booby trap and it was uh it was podstar is that that name podstar and and heroes the wards yeah heroes and uh, austin and alex's high school band called the pond monkeys so my exactly. first local show ever was was partially seeing. I didn't I didn't go there to see him. I didn't, I didn't know you guys yet, but that's just funny. Uh, the small world aspect of it. Yeah, awesome. we were in high school at the time. That was our first. Is in our high school band. I believe those were our first out of town shows ever. And my parents yeah. drove us up to Topeka. It was our first out of town shows that were like past an hour drive yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And our our parents drove us to Topeka. We actually played the Booby Trap two nights in a row. Yeah, it was our first uh, headlining tour. Yeah, and the, the first night was terrible. Show we opened up for some band <laughs> yeah. no one knew. No one was there, and we're like, "Why are we playing this?" Like, you did a Booby Trap residency. <laughs> yeah, we did <laughs> two, two nights at the Booby. Yeah, and then the next two night, nights at the Booby. Uh, <laughs> uh, Primetime Heroes was it was packed to the brim. It was wild. And that was the first, I think, taste me and Alex had of like, whoa, playing music's pretty fun. Yeah. You know, that's the one with Pond Star too. Packed, so, yeah. What's yeah, that? Yeah, that was Pond Star on that one. Did you guys yeah. know the guys in Podstar? Well, at the time, no, but we met them that night. And then, oh, yeah. And then when we were all living in Lawrence, because that Pond Monkey show was 2003 or something, we were still in high school. Yeah. Some of us were in middle school. And then while living in Lawrence, we got to know, um, let's see, Cameron, Cameron. and JoJo. And Cam and JoJo. Yeah, we we got to know all the Podstar guys, and once they became yeah. we became really good friends mm-hmm. with them. We were just hanging yeah. out all the time, type of thing. But yeah, Love yeah, um, and, and not to go off on a tangent, but did you see uh, JoJo posted earlier today? Yeah, uh, he's he's got a full ride to Harvard That's based right. on what? a thesis he did on uh, someone telling Podstar how to write music as a band as opposed to individually. Which yeah, I thought was that, amazing. That was and to know yeah. that huh. man who we saw. Yeah. <laughs> the, the JoJo that <laughs> I remember. The <laughs> Harvard. I don't know. I'll tell you what, JoJo at, at Booby Trap and Podstar was quite a different man. You know, <laughs> a ride prison the rate he was going. <laughs> Dude, I worked with all three of those guys at Connex for a while. So yeah. That, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that era of uh, we haven't even gotten in our the record yet, but that era of Lawrence, Kansas, Kansas City music was really where we became all of us first got a first taste of like bands t- actually taking it seriously and trying to hone our craft and create records. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. we all moved to Lawrence with the idea that, like we're moving to the big city to take exactly. this seriously. This, music city, this totally. is where this is where our heroes reside. Exactly. <laughs> Still do, but yeah. that, all that to say, we you know we all met back in two thousand seven. Gradually became very good friends, became roommates, and it always talked about the idea of collaborating, creating music together. At one point, it was going to be the first thing we were going to do together was cover the Weezer Blue album at the replay. Mm-hmm. That, we, well, I forgot about that. Yeah, we were going to do that in uh, with Bo. Uh, Not at the replay. Been... Do, no, we were going to do that in our our we basement. basement. Oh, the basement. I forgot. We we at one point when we first moved in together, we we ran some shows out of our basement, which was a, mm-hmm. a blast of a time. Right. I forget about that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, call it an we, era. We moved away before we could get that Blue album under yeah. our belt. But we for did. some context, but at the time, CJ was in Cowboy Indian Bear, and they were very active, and we were in Noise FM being very active. So it never really made sense for us to, the three of us, to make music together because both of our bands were just busy all the time. So yeah. we never quite found even just the time, honestly, to like sit down as jam for fun or record something. So that's why yeah. it literally took us this long to finally actually collaborate on something. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Do we want to pick up then? Like where? Uh... Sorry, Howie. No, no. This is great. I'm just 
or back to the me. question that you still haven't answered. <laughs> did that feel weird when you first just, emailed? <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh yeah, you didn't answer that. What, what did that feel like to me? <laughs> nice. I think oh, it was boy. a. I, I don't want to speak on behalf of too much of Austin, but there was definitely a, a not a vulnerability, but it was it was definitely like this could be a cool experiment. We're going to send something to an outsider for the first time, and and by outsider, you're one of our best friends. So it wasn't that yeah. big of a stretch, but for us, we'd never really created something and been like, hey, here, you take this and see what you can do with it. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a level of trust to letting that happen. I, I think also um, the the aspect that once you send it, it's out of your hands until it comes back to you. There's, there's a level of trust that has to go with that. So it's like on one hand, when I get that and I'm able to kind of work on it until I feel like it's ready to go back to you, that, that gives me a cool moment to like really flesh out whatever idea I have without, uh, you know, any influence coming in on it. But then when I, by the time I send it to you, then I'm sort of married to this idea. And that's, Boy, I hope they like you know. <laughs> it, it I definitely We're, felt I felt nervous sending you guys stuff for sure. Um, not. I will say I guess you never, not a, never a bad idea. That yeah, was, I think we kept that was on. the beauty of it. We always got so excited whenever the vocal idea of CJ came back. Like we might have restruck. We'd like take a bit and be like, "Oh, this is great." But actually, maybe this is the pre-course, and we kind of move stuff around from time to time. But overall, like the ideas were so solid. We're like, "Oh yeah, this is this is now the song." Yeah, sure. the only only issue we had on a couple of songs was you sent too many ideas, and it was like, "Well, we can't have all." Like you had different vocal melody ideas on a couple of different songs. We're like, "Well, this is a song of its own," so we just ended up cutting it out on a couple different couple different songs. I think we just got rid of yeah. some of your ideas because. Just I think I did sort of assume I kind of forgot about that. I did kind of assume yeah. some things were going to get cut. cut off the chopping block. So it was like, well, I'll just throw here's here's enough things that pick what sounds good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I collaborate with uh, well, I work, work a lot with with Sean Hunt approach. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I try to do when he sends me stuff. It's just <laughs> send him back enough that you know, there's something there he can use. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to use all of it, that's great. If he uses all of it, um, so that's right. right, right. And then you kind of hold, hold on to like, uh, just the other, um, uh, parts that, you know, for, for something else. Totally. I think working with people, uh, that you feel comfortable with, in terms of not being, you know, that sort of takes uh, losing your ego a little bit to say, like, here's a few things, chop what you want, you know. So I, I think being in that situation is huge. And, like, so did you have any types of or any times where someone would say, hey, we're looking for something like this? Or were you just you just sit them without any sort of, you know, expectations or it would be cool if you did something like this. There's just let's mm-hmm. see no. what happens. Yeah, I think I don't think even I don't think at all unless right. I'm forgetting something. No. I, I feel like it was only like one, I think one, yeah, one or two songs where me and Alex had a vocal idea that we left on the demo of like, hey, we really think yeah. this works. But otherwise, even if we had ideas, which we did on our own, we would always mute the vocal track that that we had recorded, mm-hmm. just com- completely instrumental version. Or I think right the first time we sent a couple things we had two versions like here's an instrumental here's one with our vocal ideas but don't listen to that first yeah and then i don't think i don't i don't think you sent me because i don't remember ever i don't remember ever hearing your vocal ideas other than quite quite different ideas that were not nearly as good as what we landed on obviously but yeah but either way no that was kind of the fun was like we we like this music. There's something to work with here, but we we want fresh ideas for melodies and vocals. And then it kind of then it eventually went back and forth where CJ would send us musical demos and we would kind of collaborate on that. Pros. So that inter- that brings us to track number one, Broaden Out, which is actually <laughs> the last song that we ended up tracking and writing and recording together. And that was with the the records broken into um it's it, it's mixed up but we recorded the record technically in like two chunks with two different engineers slash producers and um broaden out was produced and engineered and mixed by joel martin who now lives in philadelphia talented songwriter that we've played with in Hembry and cj's played with in his bands and this is broaden out 
I didn't realize <laughs> your radio, and this is broad. You like that? Um, I didn't realize that we, until you said that, that we started the album with the last song that was written and ended yeah. it with the, the first, first song. Yeah, yeah. And not, because, and not even a quality thing. Somehow it just ended up that way where they just made sense that way. What's this? What are these footsteps? To me, it's a quality thing. Like we, t- <laughs> yeah. I, I went back and put, yeah. We could we talk about it again when we get to the song. But what, what are the footsteps that kick that song off? Um, I think it was, I think it was an app called Take. Okay. Uh, that I, I recorded on my phone. Originally, this was like a really bare bones, like acoustic track that I recorded to this footstep. It was like a this propeller head app that I believe cool. was called Take. Um, but yeah, it's wild that it turned into a a disco dance track. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I was like pushing it by throwing synths on it when I <laughs> when I did it. So I'm, I'm excited that I got here. I think I think Nate to briefly get back to your question before we had started the song yeah. I think a cornerstone of what we've done on this project so far that I feel like is really important is that there not been expectations at any point um, either sound wise or even just what what we're doing you know when we were compiling you know at, at first it was just are we making anything you know and then eventually when we put the album together there was not like a you know, it's it's what eight eight tracks and a and an instrumental. Uh, okay. And I think we we could have said we got to push that to whatever a more a more standard number is, but yeah, this is whatever we thought fit uh, at all so, times, which I think is a good a good strategy in general. So we talked about uh, some of the synths that you use and. If I'm not mistaken, and I, I very much could be, you, this was Nord lead and a Juno. Yeah, this is Nord lead and the, the Juno was on the chorus. Juno sure. was on the chorus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this was great. And, uh, great tones. This is yeah, great sense. And this was a Joel, and Joel's kind of a synth whiz. So this had his. Yeah, he, yeah, that chord. The the other main key chorus line was Joel's keyboard. Yeah, I can't remember what we were using. I feel like the main synth of Joel's that we used on most of this record was that Moog. I think it was. He had the, the, he had the, the was it a mini Moog? It was. That, man, yeah. I, what a dream. Yeah. What a dream. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah. It would have been, uh, yes, a big, big fail if you had not used that on. <laughs> that little keyboard part you're hearing that's real delicate. That was Joel. That was definitely a Joel accident. We're like, whoa, that's not good. Keep that. Because what's fun working with different producers and Joel, in in this case, uh, as we're listening back, he literally has all his keyboards set up that are coming through the speakers as well. So as we're listening and like, oh, the song's done, he'll just start messing around. And live, we're hearing it, and he's recording it. And we're like, whoa, Joel, keep doing it. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. And we're able to come up with ideas on the spot as we're just listening back. So like a lot of these elements (laughs) on this this outro is literally like the end of the day we're maybe a little intoxicated and we're yeah. just loving the idea of groove in the south and Joel all of us started coming up with ideas to make this section just go forever and we got just more and more excited by it and now it sounds great yeah it's yeah. pretty epic he was really one thing Joel is really good at I feel like is reinforcing melodies from other areas of the song um and that was that was a spot where he kind of grabbed that melody from yeah. uh, the vocal melody uh, at a certain part of the song. I don't know if you'd consider that the chorus or, or not, but just enforced it and added an octave that also is like a little more melodic and moody sound. It was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Yeah. I think that 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 song is also for me the perfect encapsulation of the project, and that. For the first time, I know for me as a songwriter and bands I've been in, we really let all the songs on this record when they needed to. We let them breathe. Like that song, I, I don't know, it was four and a half, five minutes, way longer than something we would normally put on like a noise FM record for the most part because we were allowing all the space, the negative space, to really come through and where the song needed to have just 
a release we let it have as opposed mm-hmm. to always trying to force in as many ideas as we could, which has been my problem from time to time, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. a problem. <laughs> uh, but uh, on top of that, I think that that song again is a perfect example of just us having so much fun in the studio writing and recording the song. So when it came to that little outro that just kind of goes forever, and then we bring in this final nice groove, that was literally just us like not wanting the song to stop yeah. because we're yeah. you know, later in the day. We've had a blast. We we're stoned, and we yeah, were just I was gonna say, like, I don't want this song we're, to end in the studio. Stoned, and, and that, was, that was the thinking of like we we I want the listener. They don't need to get stoned, but I want the listener to just feel it. And we all felt that we're like, well, let's keep it going, keep looping it, and then you bring in these ideas and like. CJ said Joel's great about mixing in ideas from earlier, and it just felt good. I so think also. Sorry, go ahead. No, I um, I was going to say it, it. It's kind of takes an idea from. I, I mean, I, not that I listen to like a whole bunch of trance music, but the idea of there just kind of being rep, a repetition and exactly. a groove and something just just that. It's it's not something that you're like locked onto. It's just it it, it kind of lets you, I don't know, like I don't know what the what yeah the, the yeah feel it uh, um, kind of uh, it, it rides it, long it, enough it, for you to enjoy the sort of space. like yeah 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 yeah. And so I think that, that yeah. we we chatted about this, um, you know, even in the band is or in this project LCD sound system, you know, uh, an inspiration for us, but maybe the music has elements of what LCD sound system does. But one thing I really like about LCD sound system is that they let the groove ride. And then the differentiation is they bring and then take out different layers. So it's not like, you know, you're not changing massive chord progressions or anything. It's all about the groove. And then you build or decrease intensity just by the layers you bring into it. I think a lot about the, the trip that we took before the band to Europe, I think it specifically influenced that a lot too. Yeah. Like I know, I know yeah, you've I talked about. Let's talk about that again because I was, I mean, I was kind of thinking the same thing with that outro and that kind of Berlin influence that you guys talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it wasn't just. I'm, I mean, I, I definitely the the club we spent a full entire night at <laughs> a full day in Berlin was a huge influence as well. But also, I think about like, I mean, I think about uh, a bar that we spent a lot of time in, in Amsterdam too. Like we, we honestly just danced and had a good time that whole, that whole trip. And there's just, uh, there's, there's just a little different mindset. I feel like maybe I'm projecting, I don't know. There's a different mindset to dancing, uh, there. And it, it is just, it, it, they will just set a groove and let you enjoy that for a good long while. And it, it, it's not like pumping through the hits. It's not, you know, there's, there's nothing else other than setting an atmosphere to let people, uh, you know, do drugs and it, dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Oh man. I see posts from DJs. Like I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing a nine hour set next weekend. <laughs> nine hour set. All well, right. should be plenty of time to do drugs. Yeah. And dance. Nine hours. <laughs> No, that, All right. that is a good point of the difference, though. Like, so I kind of keep now. I'm forgetting what we talked about last yeah, time. What right. we talked about this time, but a little more context. Me, Alex, and CJ did a backpacking trip and to to Europe in like 2016. Know, but we don't. Yeah, we'd always talked about doing a trip like that for 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 several weeks, kind of all around Eastern Europe, Berlin, Budapest. We went all over. But the one the one reoccurring theme was that. Well, A, we're having fun. And B was that music, like dancing, like all the cities we went to, they just that's just their vibe. It's not like we were purposely seeking out a club. That's just kind of their vibe. When you're when you're out and about, it's very music oriented. It's music forward. But like CJ said, it's not it's not the hits. It's not just the top forties chorus and they're going from one to one. It's not at all instrumental groove for twenty minutes because that's all the people want over there. They just want to feel, they want to groove. So that was walking away from that trip. We talked about it by the end of the trip. Hey, like this is what our little band project needs to be. It needs to be a groove. It needs to be just a feel, feeling the music rather than a song necessarily. So, like that song that we just listened to is is we think the perfect example of what this project was set out to do is mix European European club music with organic uh, rock uh, that we're yeah, doing. a pop song or something. I and, suppose and, you know I don't want to overly generalize, but it definitely seemed like on that trip we've 
I, I think, found that the culture, the nightlife culture in Europe, especially the areas we were in, is definitely more music-centric. It, it, it revolves around either a live band or cool DJs. Like, no matter where you go, it's just live music is much more common and people are more willing or open to, to new music they've never heard before and just, like Austin said, they just want to dance. And that was something we tried to capture on the whole record, I think, when we came back, too. Like, let's, let's take those influences, the things that we saw, and we're going to do our version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think last time I, I, I mentioned, uh, I heard, you know, some Phoenix influence Definitely. in there. Um, maybe a little bit of Passion Pit, which, I mean, I think they're from the States, but um, they, they, they still have that dancey, synthy, um, oh, yeah. um, music. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah. yeah. I, I think, I just think there's something to, I know this sounds like a really, uh, like a, like a doing drugs ass thought, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I think there's something to a groove being so long that you, you set yourself into it. You're dancing for a while you you get so comfortable that you kind of forget and then at some point you come out of that and you're like oh i'm still i'm still feeling you know i'm still feeling good here um yeah yeah i I think that's a a, like a meditative sort of place to allow yourself yes yeah the only problem with some of these songs is that we just had we had to end them (laughs) they could have kept (laughs) it yeah yeah Look, I'd, I'd be in for extended dance mixes of uh, pretty much all of this. So. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and, 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 I, and I, honestly, uh, uh, Howie, that you mentioned it. Um, yeah, man, I might um, hit you guys up at some point and see about uh, like a remix of one of them or, or a couple. Oh, heck, oh, we've got please. the stems for so at least be... songs and then we'll never get the <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> that depends how many of the, the files we have. What did we receive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But oh, yeah, well, off that idea of the groove, if we ever were to, were to be able to take this to a live setting and play a, a live show, I think all of us love the idea of like maybe we even, you know, say it's a 45 minute set, we just do like four songs, but each song mm-hmm. is we drag it out. And, yes. and it feels not to keep mentioning, but like an LCD show where like they'll take mm-hmm. a, a song that everyone knows, but they just groove it forever and they add in new elements that aren't even on the record and you just kind of experiment with the, your own song. That's kind of our, our thinking. I've got it. You go back for two night residency at the booby trap. <laughs> four songs one night, four songs the other night. Cover, cover the album, That's record it actually, all. Actually, a brilliant a wonderful idea. idea. If our day hey. scores performance two nights at the trap, and yeah, just four songs. Uh, I'll tell you what, Lord. those people would dance. The oh, people yeah. that go to the booby trap would have a great time. They would not. They would not. They would not. We would not suffer a situation where people are too cool to dance. They would be down. Oh, that's so funny. That's true. Oh, I'm in. I love this hear, idea. Uh, let's hear something else. I mean, yeah. Let's right. hear uh, over under. Over under. But this, this, is, this is a great example. Possibly of, my favorite song on the record. Yeah, all of us. Yeah, we all are big fans of this one within the band. But this is a good example of we had no rules even with the musical genres. And this one definitely is quite different than Broaden Out and some of the other tracks. This one always makes me feel like uh, it's like a spy. I would describe describe it as spy yeah. rock. It feels yeah. like you're in a spy movie, like a James Bond uh, surf rock song or something. Yeah. Did you, did you guys ever see the movie The American? Yes. Oh, yeah. George Clooney. This is what this song reminds me of specifically. It's a, a fantastic movie. It is really good. I think Royce even mentioned last time. This this, this, this sounded like it. Like an '80s sci-fi soundtrack, like you're just like yeah. a chase scene in, in, a, in a yeah, like you said, a spy baby. This is this is a a funny one lyrically too. Um, the this is like this this album or this song I feel like is like pretty stream of consciousness as far as where I was at that moment, um, which was. A lot of this was written on, I think we traveled by, for the most part, bus um, around around uh, Germany, is where a lot of this one was written. Uh, and I had just met, who is now my wife, before this trip, and I was just, just had a great time with her. We, we had 
a couple nights in a row, um, like literally the nights before I left, where we threw on soul records and danced all night, ate pizza late night. It was just great nights. Uh, and then met up with met up with my best friends in Europe. I was feeling great, and I just uh, could not stop thinking about thinking about her. And so I was so excited when we finished the song to play it for her, and and her her response was just like, "This kind of gives me a headache." Which I was, I was a little bummed about. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm fine, but but it does make me laugh. I'll never. Yeah. Man, it's got some uh, real Tom York vibes. Yeah. Um, I would definitely hear that in a lot of stuff. And, like and, and, that, and that change from the verse to the chorus is beautiful. I love that change. What's the octave effect you put on your vocal, CJ? That's kind of a, I don't want to say high and low. I don't want to say signature CJ move, but I I know you've done similar effect on some of your your solo songs, even in Cowboy, and I really like the otherworldly feel of like one panned hard right is like an octave up, hard left is an octave down, something like that. I can't quite tell what you're doing, but it's awesome. Yeah, it was just, you just pretty much broke it down right there. Well, then, all right, then I know exactly what it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just. Did uh, you need us to cut that out of the show, man? Um. <laughs> no, a lot of that, a lot of that is from uh, still a holdover, which makes me feel like such an old man, but uh, my Dark Twisted Fantasy or whatever, my beautiful oh, Dark yeah. Twisted Fantasy, that, that Kanye album, uh, is uh, just, similar out of this it. world is just one of the best produced albums I've ever yeah heard. and the cool thing is he's still making great music yeah super level-headed dude doing, <laughs> doing great work in the world he's a, he's a genius man he's, he's a genius mm-hmm. but yeah that 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 was a vocal effect that he used a lot um yeah he also used it a lot with guitar he would he would play like a really fuzzy guitar or bass and octave shift it both ways and pan them to both sides and it was it was just super cool sound that that song was very much an austin song we started in the chicago basement austin had the bass line and the drum rhythm and we just kept looping that and then i kind of came up with the the repeating over under thing over and over again i think that was me too but it's okay you can take credit for it (laughs) i was saying over under that's right yeah you you were just saying over under i was like dude stop saying that (laughs) No, but we had, we had a bass riff that Alex was a, was a betting addict at the time. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. We we had this groove, the the groove of the song. And then we we did have that chorus section, but the only vocal idea we had was that over under, which was matching that keyboard part. This really terrible pan flute sound and this awful. I love that pan flute sound. That we ended it up sounds like awesome a, in there. It, it, it sounds awesome now. It's a, it's a French horn. It's yeah. a French horn sample on my uh, yeah. Juno. And I think Alex, I remember. I feel like I feel Alex like wanted we were to tracking that. I, I thought oh, it was I a know. I had to convince you that. and Greg to yeah. to chill on that sound. But that that part rocks. Yeah, that's because we kept like, why fight it? It's so good. It's so perfect. It makes the spy thriller sounds. So why would we change it? it you know, like it makes sense. Movie. Does and it makes sense both. Like I think that spy vibe, and it makes sense that this is like a drummer song because uh, with that bass riff. That's a three bar progression. And then yeah, the, the pan yeah. flute or whatever is a two bar. And so they, you know, they kind of twist around each other and make like this. It really takes six. Oh, bars. yeah. We did talk about this and, 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 and I couldn't figure out the, the, the actual name for it either. It's like a, a no, it's not ostinato, is it? No, no. But, but it's. it's Tell you. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to do the research. I think you way. just got Austin's new nickname. I don't know if that's the <laughs> correct term or not. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I do here. not think that's the correct term, but yes, Howie. Uh, we we mentioned that last time because, um, yeah, because of how cool, uh, just how it matched up, and um, it, it, it sounds like it's the same thing, but but when you listen to it, it's not. It's just uh, it's it's yeah. really cool. The, the bass the bass part loops like two times within one and a half measure and then it starts over so the drum if you break it down you know a four beat measure it takes two of those measures to get through like three of the baseline or whatever it is which you know it works now but we really struggled with the structure of this song because it's so hard to get out of that 
base groove yeah, loop. We would get stuck in there a you, lot. We'd get stuck in it. So for a while, we had these different versions where that this went forever, and we didn't know how to like end it. But then in the end, and we kept trying to squeeze in other parts, which is what we were, were that's where we were going wrong. And in the end, we literally just had the, you have part A, and you have part B, get and you go back a. to part A, and yeah. that's the whole song. Totally. Mm-hmm. Once we figured out that we didn't need anything else, like just let this bass line go forever, you know, and then we'll, well just, and, the, and, and that, and that B part is, like I said, that, that, that's the coolest change. Yeah. That B part. That's and, and, crush. And yeah. I, I, I think that boy, the uh, key to the key to it working is you send it to a guy that knows absolutely not a damn thing about music. <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not fighting within the confines of knowing at all oh, your, what's your happening parts, here. Your vocal parts and lyrics come back so good, and it would be missed if we don't mention that you. It's one of my favorite lyrics of all time: the rooftop, flat Earth with some Germans. Oh yeah, specifically about yeah. a night. In, in on a rooftop in Leipzig, Germany, hanging out with a, a friend that you knew who lives over in Germany now. And yeah, I can't believe that that worked having out. The wildest conversation where someone was explaining that was when it. I found out that flat earth was a thing. Yeah, and you worked <laughs> it into a lyric, and it's fantastic. Love oh, it. It was remarkable. It was a remarkable moment for me. Flat, and that flat earth is true. You discovered the earth is flat, is what you discovered. Yes, yes. That was a yeah. life changing moment for me when I realized we had traveled we had traveled halfway across the flat earth to hang yeah. out with my friend from Manhattan Kansas. Yeah. That's yeah, true, true. Not halfway, but so yeah, that uh uh well oh yeah, we were talking about over under. So that that dude uh I, I'm pretty sure I told you guys this last time, but I can't remember. He he ran what was the ghost parlor yeah. uh, in Manhattan. I don't know if you guys ever played at that spot. It was an awesome house uh-huh. venue that that we played in uh, a number of times. And I couldn't believe couldn't believe that uh, we were able to meet up with him. That was just yeah. that was just a wild yeah. time. We it's never- weird seeing seeing a friend from Manhattan, Kansas, in Leipzig, Germany. Yeah, you know, we never played. But- Ghost Parlor, but you know where we did play, and it was the first time I think we played with Kennedy Luck Club. Your band was at, it's no longer there, is it? I I can't believe we got a second take at the show and you brought that band up. Kennedy Luck, yeah. I cannot believe. Look up CJ's, one of CJ's (laughs) earlier bands prior to Cowboy and Bear. Kennedy Luck Club, fantastic band. Do your best. As long as I don't listen to it, because uh, you said it it hasn't aged as well as I think. It did not. It did not. I really, so I, I, I thought I lost all my music. Um, I found it like two weeks ago now, I think that, that band. So my, my high school band, I was in a screamo band in high school. Full length. Um, right? Yes. And that, it turns out pretty good. Much better than I, I thought, I thought <laughs> it was terrible. Better than I remembered. Kennedy Luck Club. Not That's as good as I, I thought I was onto something at that point. I was not, I was not, I was I was really figuring things out That's as a songwriter in that moment. Before we roll on, I do want to point out on Over Under, this is maybe going into a little of the weeds, but I, I know like in our songwriting and especially stuff we do production-wise, we have a tendency to really rely on a lot of like computer digitizing and plugins and quantizing the beats. That Over Under might have been one of the most raw, organic songs we've ever tracked, including like there's a ton of synths, all your vocal parts, everything was mm-hmm. analog, manual. We ran your vocals live through, reamped them through a... Greg, mm-hmm. Greg's Fender Prince or whatever it was. And also yeah, we had the list junior, I think. Yeah. So all those delays were manual, actual delays going through a pedal, through an amp. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of that. Yep. And afterwards it was like, man, that was so much harder than if we, <laughs> if we had just done yeah. it on the computer. No, I think almost everything we did with Greg, um, it, it's funny. The, I feel like the album sounds fairly cohesive, but we did half of it with Greg Panchera and half of it with Greg. Anyway, I think about each of those guys did half of it, and it's wild how different their philosophies are Mm. because Greg's stuff is very, I don't want to say, I don't know if analog is the right term or not, you know, but but yeah, we did not, it was not a lot of uh, delving into computers or editing at all. Um, and Joel is very much, let's try as many ideas as we can and we'll put together something that's really cool. 
Um, so it's just interesting to me that the the whole album is able to sound like an album. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that was a, a minor. No, because you you, you mentioned that too, because there, there was like four and four, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, roughly. I think. Yeah. So the first song brought out was Joel, but now we're on a couple of Greg tracks. So over over yeah. under was Greg, and then this next song, Talk Flood, was. A pretty earlier early demo song we worked out too, and this was also Greg. And Greg had a big hand in making this song what it is now, yep. which again is also one of my favorite songs this week. Yeah, yeah. Under, and, and there's, there's only one. Is it, is it the only one group that showed up in Riot Gear? And that's the line yeah. I think that Royce really uh, latched onto, which is, I mean, that's that's a great freaking line. Yeah, yeah. This. Uh... This song was intense to write. <laughs> intense to write. It was kind of intense to record. I think. Uh, I, I know. Doomsday apocalyptic disco song. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. got that crazy sax in there too. Yep. Dirty sax. Dirty sax. Dirty sax. Yeah, I think this little bass guitar part you're hearing was the original idea, and then Greg thought it was too generic and cut it up and then added in this stiff low end that we just kept taking the octave down lower and lower on like we had recording like go down go down another octave and that's why Uh it just rattles like you barely hear a note with this like low rattle but Greg again to his credit he kind of made this this riff between the low synth and the live bass that he cut up he made this happen like on the spot and we're like okay this is now the song, yeah. Yeah, it's a banger. They turned it into a banger. The saxophone idea came from Austin, and I had seen a band called Operators in Chicago, and one of their songs, they didn't have a saxophone player with them at the time. I think it was on the tracks. Maybe it was on tracks or it was on the recording. It was just on the recording. Okay, yeah. but it was baritone sax in the song called Mission Creep, Killer Song. And ever since then, Austin, I'm like, man, we've got to get saxophone on some songs. So we found the street musician, came over and played, uh, but we didn't realize the difference between, uh, I guess it was a tenor or alto sax. <laughs> we thought we were going to get a baritone sax. I don't know. We wanted a baritone. We wanted baritone. We didn't know that was a thing you have to ask for. <laughs> <laughs> So we got some killer sax parts, and then we just pitched them all down an octave to make the baritone sax. That's oh loud. yeah, wasn't that the guy that you're saying uh, like he we wasn't understanding that you wanted him to play like shittier growth? Yeah, we. Yeah, like, I mean he's a very skilled, very, very skilled player. Yeah, and we and we knew what we wanted in our brain was very gross and nasty to kind of match yeah. more the lyrical content, a little more aggressive. So we just, over the course of three hours, kept trying to get him to play worse and worse. And he, he just wasn't understanding. And then finally, like, we just want squeals. He's like, oh, I can squeal. So then he just did a track of the squeals. And then we're like, that's what we're going to use. We're going to make it work. But he was a delight to work with. It was just fun in post, taking beautiful sax, sax lines and then messing with it. I wish I could have seen his face the first few times. Yeah, yeah was <laughs> Look, that was that was really good. That sounds good. Could you like do that worse? Yeah, <laughs> just do that a little worse. Like the there's this amazing sax solo coming up, and we kept telling him like, hey, you know, this is your sax solo part, and he kept playing really good solos, and we're like, that's not what we want. Right so here. this is what we made. genuinely bringing me so much joy every time so i love, I love it that was one i of those, love it uh greg this like we said earlier this is one of the a greg track which he mixed it and greg's like a very good mixer and likes things to sound the proper level and the proper good. way yeah and this was one of those where like greg take that saxo up and he's like no it's so loud already like take it up take it up it's like no no yeah, no, no. Keep- it took us four mixes to get greg just to make it so loud <laughs> He just didn't want to. Did Josh trick you? I turned it up, dude. No, it's up. Yeah. yeah. But now when he hears it, he's like, oh, I mean, he's like, you guys are right. It needed to be so disgustingly loud. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't hide it. It's nah. the feature. <laughs> it's got a lot of the uh, a lot of those LCD stuff with some go-go bells going on in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, Great song. That that it is. Yeah, that yeah. song I think brings me more joy than than anything else I've been a part of making. Uh, every time, there's nothing else that I've ever made that every single time I listen to it on my own, I legitimately like laugh out loud but (laughs) not out of like this is done like out of just uh, i'm happy this exists like i'm so happy that the song the world needed to hear that (laughs) no i world needed to say that that, i'm just just saying i'm happy we did it man no that that is i yeah i hear that um sometimes you just kind of i mean you know you made it but you're like I can't believe I fucking did that. It, like, yeah, it just yeah, feels good. Totally. That, I, that's yeah. so weird to say that, but it's like, yeah, sometimes I listen, that's one I'll listen to, and I'm like, man, I, I can't believe we made something that's Yeah, yeah. I mean, really cool. you want to feel that way sometimes, right? Like, yeah. Yes, yes. If you never feel that way, then you're you're being too hard on yourself. Uh, if yeah, you always yeah, feel I that way, then you're agree. probably, like, not being critical enough. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, can't smell your own shit too much. <laughs> is that a saying? There you go. It's not a saying. I, I, that's a, a, I think that's a hugely popular saying. Is you can, you can never that. smell your own shit too much. Yeah, I got that on TikTok. Man. Actually, uh, CJ, when uh, Bonzo was on this podcast, I, I believe you guys had a similar conversation about how sometimes it's all smelling right. Your own shit. <laughs> yeah, about smelling your own shit. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> my shit, my shit smells yeah. like flowers, dude. My shit flowers. Yeah, smells some, like sometimes it's sometimes it's okay to realize, and I, I I can't remember what the context was. One of your songs that was really good on that record, um, and I think your co the co hosts here were saying it's all right to sometimes acknowledge like, oh, I made something really cool, mm-hmm. and obviously you don't mm-hmm. can't believe that too much, but sometimes it's all right to to feel that way. No, no, mm-hmm. no you definitely should. Otherwise, what are you working? I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know. <laughs> Well, this project's a good example of that. I feel like we've all taken music serious to varying degrees and different projects where we're like, this has to work. This is a business. We got to make it work. Or projects like this where it's a different approach where it's not a business. It doesn't need to work. It doesn't need to be successful. It's all about just making the art. And it's the same thing when I listen to this album all I feel is fun and joy because all we had was fun and joy and there was no stress at all. We didn't have money. We, well, <laughs> we spent money. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there was no, uh, I hate to say this word, but there was no ambition behind the project. Yeah. Or the, ambition to make something cool, but no well, yeah. expectation, I guess. Expectations. Expectations yeah. There's no yeah. secular ambition. Yeah. yeah. It was like purely just for fun, for, for joy. And then when you hear it as a, you know, part of the, the people who created it, it's like, oh, I still feel that. I still feel this joy. Yeah. I think it's yeah. some pretty cool stuff, you know? <laughs> I think it comes, yeah. I think it comes through as well because like, you know, I've, I've typically made a lot of, like between Cowboy uh, or the Bonzo records, like that, I generally write like fairly introspective stuff. Um, and I don't feel like this album, I mean, it's not like a happy set of songs by any means, but it's not really, I, I guess it, uh, to me, it's not really introspective. It's more mm-hmm. of like, uh, I, outside of maybe broaden out, um, I definitely got out of my own head. Uh, I feel like lyrically, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like that also contributes. I feel like people, they feel like that worked better for people, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, uh, I have to make a conscious effort to to really get um, to the lyrics. If I'm not, if I don't really understand them, or or um, can't exactly hear what's going on, because I respond a lot more personally um, just to music initially, um, and how the music makes me feel. And, when I hear the lyrics and, and maybe the song, you know, maybe it makes me, and the songs makes me feel great. And then you hear it, you, 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 you read the lyrics and you're like, Oh, uh, uh, but, but it, 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 it gives another, um, uh, layer to it. And, and it, yeah. it, it does increase your enjoyment of it. But, but, um, I, I guess I'm one of those people where, 
the lyrics don't necessarily hit me immediately uh, as much as the, the music yeah. or you know the sonics do. I, I'm in the same boat, that's Nate. That, that's always been my. I, I'm if I hear something cool, I can overlook some real bad lyrics because I'm not really paying attention <laughs> to the lyrics anyway. I'm all about that. Generally, right. I know, I know. And CJ's very, very lyric forward, and like we we obviously had what we thought was cool music, and then the fact that you wrote lyrics that were so thoughtful and really good when i when i found out what you were saying i was like well that just makes it doesn't <laughs> when i found it, out it later, elevates, yeah. the, elevates the song even even more so yeah 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 uh and 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 that's kind of the the, the the you know when when we talked to to cj before um and and we're kind of just gushing over how much we enjoyed the record but then hearing kind of where you were personally when you made it um it was kind of like, whoa. And, 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 you know, I mean, you know, obviously artists, you make things from all kinds of, of um, you know, situations that, that you go through. But um, I guess it, it didn't necessarily hit me um, how much of yourself you put into that record and how much of a, of a yeah. toll it, it kind of took on you. Just, you know, when I'm listening to it and just enjoying um the record for what it is. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because yeah, it, to me, it feels very much like a, it's not even that I assume people uh, understand everything that I'm saying or like, or, you know, hanging on to each word or anything like that. But it, it, I feel like I, I write in pretty, I guess I, sometimes I've been self-conscious about how depressing of stuff I write, even though I think that that's probably just most, you know, a lot of, most lyrics are not written from like a, most of the lyrics written from a happy standpoint are pretty silly. You know, that, that tends to be, um, for whatever reason, I would love to write a really positive, awesome, happy, happy song. I've tried a number of times. very difficult. I've, I've got a couple. <laughs> it's just, 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 um, Michael Ferrante record or something. Mm-mm. Boy. <laughs> I saw him in Lawrence uh, a few months ago. I mean, he's great. It's just like, there was the most like positive vibes, like uplifting, sure. like, yeah, that, that, I'd but even that, I mean, that's time. a, that's an interesting like name to pull out because that like, when you, when you talk about like pulling reggae, like I think where reggae is now, like they, they, they really took, the the positive vibe of the sound of the music and and that's been also sort of reflected through the musics where at or uh, through the lyrics rather um whereas like like uh one song that we'll hear later uh i think can't sleep can't sleep don't bother is the title we settled on on that one um but that one i was super into a specific bob marley album uh mm-hmm. called survival that is just like one of the darkest lyrical albums you could ever have but it sounds like I, I love that sort of juxtaposition of you know you're, you're saying something really substantial um that has some grit to it but you know you've you've got this groove behind it that's providing um you know what some people might take some joy out of or maybe it's like i don't know i guess i don't i don't always think uh catharsis is that the right word mm-hmm. um, yeah I don't always think that that has to be, it doesn't have to sound it, it, like, like you're trying to like, get something out. Yeah. 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 I yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to. And I, and I feel like, you know, like I, I think a, a theme of this album lyrically looking back on it ahead of doing this podcast was definitely, we were in a time period that I didn't understand. And I recognized that I didn't understand what was happening. You know, we're, we're entering, all types of you know like that that last song we had on was a lot of those lyrics were written after like years ago after uh, michael brown got killed in ferguson and, and around those protests um and then into like the election that followed a few years later and yeah it's just a lot of it is just understand you know entering this sort of age of misinformation was like what i at no point when writing it did i think that that's what i was writing about at all i just keep 
as I was reviewing the lyrics ahead of this, was like, oh, that was tripping me out there. <laughs> that was very, very heavy on my on my mind. Was that I just didn't I didn't understand what was happening, but it felt bad. You know, is is essentially the message that I keep coming back to. <laughs> This doesn't yeah, feel that's something where, doesn't that's feel where the right. craziness of meeting that flat earther like mm-hmm. takes that dark turn, right? Where like it sounds mm-hmm. kind of silly and, and just like, well, that's a weird thing to think at first. And then mm-hmm. you you start to kind of follow on the consequences of like, well, what led to that kind of thinking and where did those ideas come from and who promotes them and who benefits from them? And all of a sudden it's yep. like the connection to the, the cops and the riot gear isn't yeah, they start to show a leap. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and uh, yeah, to those listeners out there, no, no shade towards any any flat earthers out there. This is <laughs> yeah, we, we're not we're not making a judgment call one way or the other. No. It's just a lyric. It's yeah. an observation. But personally, we believe in flat Earth. Yeah, so, so personally, we're flat uh, Earth. We're flat. Oh, I'm round. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Get oh. Man, look, look, we're, we're all allowed to believe what we want to believe, and, and that's so no one has no no one has to give us crap or make us feel bad about it okay no. that's what we're trying to say we're that's what scores is all that yeah. right right well Which leads us to our next track <laughs> <laughs> great work yes please the fall of the roman empire yeah <laughs> Now we're back to Joel Morton producing, engineering, and mixing. And this was tracked at the. This was tracked in Lawrence above a garage, right? At Joel's makeshift studio. Is, uh, no, this is at the coop. Um, the far north Lawrence. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is one of the later, later sections. This is a perfect example. We, we had this bass synth line already written. But it was actually reversed from what you're hearing now, this little walk-up. And Joel just switched it just on the fly. And we're like, oh, man, that's way better already. He just, on the spot, flipped the line and improved the song drastically. That's just how quick. Or I think you've got... I, I think he just didn't know where... It was I, I think he just got confused. and was like, I don't know what it's supposed to be. And it turned out better. But it turned out better for sure. Yeah. That's the funniest thing about music, though, is like just removing whatever you were trying to do so yeah. often improves like you you don't realize how often you're like how many expectations you're bringing to whatever you're trying to you know uh, create yeah it's weird like the struggle of trying to get out of the way of that while still having enough like it it takes some ego to be able to create something to the finish line you know what i mean like to stick to it to to finish something to present to someone it Mm -hmm. inherently takes a little bit of ego and so, like, the middle ground of those two spots is, is pretty interesting. What went hand-in-hand hand with each one of these songs is uh, part of the idea. This came later in the development of the record, but it was Austin and I especially had been talking about how cool it would be to have a, a visual component for every single song, a music video for every single song. Mm-hmm. And that was something that we worked on, obviously, during kind of finished up during COVID, but there is a visual component or a music video visual, visualizer that goes along with every single one of these these songs that was released simultaneously. Part of the art That's really cool. Of this. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, if you go to YouTube, we ended up <laughs> making a full album stream of a complete visualizer in one track. So it's like, you put it on and it's a you know 40 minute video that's the album with a visualizer all the way through i don't know that anyone's watched it except for me but it's pretty tight yeah it turned out good i i, I, I think we're a link to it yeah yeah, yeah i want to i, I want to check it out and i think it's fair to say we are all the three of us are album people like i when i i listen I, I mostly listen to music when i'm jogging that's just when i do it and i listen to an album from start to finish and that was how we thought about these dispatch of songs and obviously we're breaking them up track by track but we spent a lot of time on the sequencing like that every song for the most part blends from seamlessly from one song into the other and it's clearly it's structured in a way that we wanted it to convey the mood we were trying to get across i think we're album people yeah yeah um no that's that's... sorry go on no go ahead Oh, oh, I think he was going to say how rad that song was. Oh, yeah. Well, me? yeah, it was a rad song. I was going to say that too. So yeah. 
Oh, I was going to say, speaking of the visualizer aspect, the whole idea there is that, yeah, you can listen to the album, but you can also watch some very trippy visuals to enhance it. Yeah, the thinking is that, you know, push your couch back, crank up your speakers and dance. And it's almost like a light show because it's, the visuals yeah. are very bright, poppy, lots of, vi you know, uh, flat, what's the word I'm looking for? Flash flat strobes, 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 lots of strobe and lights. <laughs> lots uh, flat lots of flat earth references. <laughs> lots of flat earth <laughs> shots. Uh, but yeah, the idea with the, the visualizer is to crank it up and dance in your living room, smoke a J if you got it. Because that, that is, believe it or not, that's something that we do regularly. We'll put on like a full concert that's on YouTube or we'll pay like, especially during the COVID era, we kept buying tickets to like virtual and Zoom concerts and we yeah. would dance literally in our living room and, and watch stuff. And I don't, I don't know if that's the yeah. norm for most people, but. That's awesome. No, we do. We do that. Yeah. And me and Mel do that. That was like the first way that I started putting, I had a baby this year as, as everyone on here knows. Yeah. It was the, like. Surprise, boys! I got a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yours. No, I think I, I think I, yeah, we, I mean, think like, like uh, fish does something like that. They have like a a interactive element to their live mm -hmm. uh, shows. Like fans can um, join in on. I, I, I don't. So I, I saw some guy like was able to join in on guitar on something. It was it was something that was really kind of yeah exactly it was it was just a neat um, uh, way to to just enhance the experience that I mean you know techno technologically you couldn't have done it you know a few a lot years of, ago a lot but, of, you know there's a lot of downside to this old COVID thing but some hopefully some neat things that came out technologically will carry over especially in like the music aspect of it yeah yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw something. This could be entirely <laughs> false because, again, we're in the 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 age of who knows. I saw something about Zoom reducing emissions, like whatever amount more than than electric cars, and I was like, "How oh, is a trip to think about?" Wow, and just just what COVID brought was everybody staying home and and <laughs> the change that that brought emissions. Totally. Anyway. Well, it is true. I mean, we, we Amber and I moved to Kansas City from Lawrence in 2019, and then uh, so it was like that fall, and then so the next March was when everything just went locked down, and it's like, well, shit, we're gonna have to leave Lawrence. We could we just we could be here and not have to worry about yeah. driving there five days a week. But it is, yeah, it's what it is. But um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm, gl I'm glad I live here. But yeah, it. it it's been um, an interesting two years of what the fuck's going on. Of reduced emissions. Yeah. <laughs> we re reduced thing. emissions. Right. Right. One thing I'll remember about the last couple of years it's <laughs> reduced how much emissions. we reduced emissions. It's how much we reduced emissions. Yeah. Well, that last song, not to go back to the music, but that last song, another quick note, that's another perfect example of a. A bass riff and drum part that me and Alex had recorded a demo of and thought it was cool, but there was no lyrics. There was no real content on it. It was just a bass line and a synth line and a drum part. And we sent it to CJ. And I remember that one came back pretty quick. And CJ just had this killer opening line. And right off the bat, I was just so giddy with joy of like, whoa, he made this work. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the How first do you test. Make this silly little bass line work like as a song. And that that vocal line that he came up with in that pre chorus melody. hook melody, like we were we were just so stoked of like, whoa, damn, like CJ's better than we thought. <laughs> He's writing a sick line over this weird, stupid bass part. And now it's cool, you know. So that was a that was funny. No, was, I was going to comment on, on the bass lines that, that I mean, they've all been just like super sick. Like just, I, I mean, the tones and 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 just the yeah the 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 lines themselves, man. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're I think they're badass. Yeah, we're all yeah. basement in the band. I think we're all guitarists by trade, but love bass. Oh, yeah, so much more. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think of myself as a bass player more than a. A yeah. guitar player, but I play more guitar than I do bass. So totally. I don't know what that means. 
and with this band, a lot, most of these songs were kind of started on the bass because that's, I mean, as you can tell, every song has so much bass on it, but that's like, that's just where they all started because that was the point of the project was low end, mm-hmm. a hook, you know, and then and a figure beat. out a beat and then figure out some weird stuff to put on top of it. So, mm-hmm. and for the inside recording stuff, a lot of those bass parts were a Fender Mustang. That's the tone you're hearing, especially on that nice. track. Short scale. Nice. Running nice. through a little overdrive with a chorus pedal on it. And yeah, this is the first time I really experimented with a lot of stereo bass, mm-hmm. which I know causes a lot of insider baseball stuff, a lot of frequency problems and mixes and mastering, and especially going to vinyl. But this was the, for us anyway, we really went hard on stereo bass on this record. It sounds awesome. Yeah. And it kind of gave it that, I, it added to the otherworldly European exotic fla- flair that we were kind of going for, I think. Oh, dude, yeah, I I have been forever, like, I'm obsessed with, like, the low end um, and and just, like, how how some records that I love listening to just have that, it's just thick low end, but it's just, it's it's just present, but we're, we're, we're if you try it, yes, you're going to run into problems, and I, I just, I'm, I'm forever trying to find out how they accomplish that, where it's just, it feels like it's, you know, it's not just you know in your in in the center like mm-hmm. as, as a as an anchor. It, it's 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 filling out something, but it's not like muddy or 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 making things um, uh, hard to hear or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the low end on this record sounds like a million bucks. In part because you mm-hmm. spent, I think, almost a million bucks on it. So that does two two <laughs> mil two mil two yeah. mil. Yeah, uh, but. We we all did put a lot of time into the bass tones for sure. For the listeners, you've heard the first half of Scores album, Volume One. It's out on Bandcamp and all the streaming platforms. You can order a physical product. I got the CD version myself, so that's what I recommend. Um, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with CJ, Austin, and Alex uh, uh, later this. In- is the plan the schedule got a little twisty turvy so uh yeah we'll be back soon and whose fault is that volume one from scores the internet's fault and whose fault is that no blame cast (laughs) (laughs) everyone all right see you guys